Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Reconciling Grace. My name is Pete Vecchi, and I'm joined today by panelists Mick Wells and Vicki Cundiff. Unfortunately, Steve Wilson, our other regular panelist, could not be with us today. We do miss him when he's gone. We do miss whenever any one of us is gone, I guess, but uh, we, we need to keep on going here with these sessions, with our episodes, and we're glad to be with you. And, you know, I kind of like the way that the Lord works it out. Even if we have only three of us, it generally seems to work out. So praise God for what he does. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to kind of be leading the topic today, and it's a little bit different title. The name of the topic is Legalism, License, and Liberty. You know, I kind of like getting alliteration there, three L's, whatever. But um, I'd just like to start out today by thinking about the fact that in our nation here in the United States, especially at this time, now maybe somebody's listening to this 20 years after we recorded it. I hope they are, in fact. But at this time, right now, we live in a nation that is so divided about so many things. And um, there are things that are dividing people because they disagree with each other. I mean, Facebook coined a new phrase or a new term a number of years ago that's called unfriend. You know, there was never such a word as unfriend, but now it's in the dictionary. Because if you're a Facebook (laughs) friend of somebody and you just don't want to hear from them anymore, you can unfriend them. And a lot of times that happens because it might be somebody you know well, somebody maybe you don't know so well, but you just realize that especially when it comes to things like, do I dare use the word politics, that um, some people just don't see eye to eye. And all you hear from people on one side is all about how this side is great and the other side is horrible. And then you hear just the opposite from other people and you start not wanting to hear it anymore. And that seems to be all that they can talk about. And what do we do? The the actual thing that has started happening is that people, and this isn't just on Facebook, but I'm understanding that it is happening when it comes to media as well and where people get their news, is they just start listening to people who report the news or reading things that report the news from the perspective that people want to hear it. And hope it isn't fake. Exactly, exactly. And so that happens because we want to hear what we want to hear. Well, guess what? This isn't something new, even when it comes to the church. Well, actually, maybe it's not so old, but actually Paul talked about it when he was talking to his young protege, Timothy, in the book of 2 Timothy. And I've asked Mick if you would read for me the scripture that Paul um, shared with his young protege, Timothy, in chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Yeah, this sounds a bit prophetic, doesn't it? The uh, words of Paul to Timothy are these. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. 
Itching ears. I, I love that phrase. You know, my ears often actually itch. I have to do something to get my ears to stop itching. But what this is talking about is we want to hear what we want to hear. We don't want to hear what we don't want to hear. And I'm not just saying we. I, I think this pertains to pretty much everybody, is we want to hear people who agree with us more often than we want to hear about uh, people who don't agree with us. And did you know that this actually happens in the church? And this is what, what Paul was talking about. Um, they're not going to put up with sound doctrine, he said. But we live in such a consumer-driven society that... Um, you know, if you don't like what they say in this church, just go to another one. Mm. You know, if you don't like what this pastor says, well, just kick that pastor out. We'll get a new pastor. I, I, I've had that happen before. Uh, I had not, not necessarily happened, but I've seen it happen before where, where a congregation is just so dissatisfied with a pastor because of what he or she says or whatever that they just do everything to make life miserable to make that pastor leave or when it comes time for the, the renewal vote, they just don't renew that, that, that pastor's vote or however it works within any particular denomination, how the pastor gets called. People want to hear what they want to hear. And Pete, I think I found that they sometimes want to exercise power and authority and influence over the pastor. I recall one instant where a main, I'll call him a power broker, a leader, an elder, if you will, in, in the church, didn't like something the pastor said. He went into the pastor and they cornered him in his study and said, listen, I don't agree with what you said, and if you continue to preach about that, as if it's true, I am going to withhold my financial support. And uh, kind of that's kind of itching ears to an extreme mm -hmm. to the point where it's actually, I think, abusive of a pastor. Sure, sure it is. You know, I think that um, one of the things, too, deep down there's a heart issue somewhere. Because yeah. of when we're treating people that way, I think that... Um, respect has gone by the wayside yep you know that people can't respect someone else they can't respect someone else's opinion you know you have to be right you know for yourself mm. you have no respect for someone else's opinion so basically you're not just disrespecting their opinion you, it's a disrespect problem toward a person and so it's that and, and in christianity that's there's a lack of love so there's a heart issue when we need to get down in there and, and focus on the lord and and, uh, you know, the enemy's always attacking us, trying to get us to go down this trail that we don't want to go on. And sometimes we don't won't realize, but uh, it's about respect. There was a scripture from 1 Corinthians 1.10 I'd just like to read here real quick. He was talking to us about agreeing, and the scripture says that let there be no divisions among us, but that we are to be perfectly united in mind and thought. And that's mm -hmm. what the church is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. yeah. At the same time, uh, Paul talks about in Romans 14, I don't have this in my notes, so you didn't read it uh, in my notes, but it's in the Bible where he talks about um, not passing judgment on disputable matters. So not everybody's always going to see everything the same. Right. And, you know, that's that's basically humanity. We're all different. We all have different uh, understandings of things. We have different ways that we understand things because of how we were brought up, mm -hmm. because of the experiences we've had. Uh, all those things shape our understandings of God. Sure. 
And um, what I want to get to with this idea, though, is the itching ears, going back to that. And this all pertains to this, because sometimes people want to hear what they want to hear. And one of the things that sometimes, especially in the church, people want to hear is what I will call legalism. You know, legalists are the ones, now I've, I've seen this happen before. I actually saw this on a TV ministry probably 25 or 30 years ago. A preacher got up and he, he's standing up in the pulpit and he holds the Bible up in the air. He says, now I want everybody in the, in the uh, congregation to hold up their Bible and repeat after me. God said it. God said it. I believe it. I believe it. That settles it. That settles it. Now take your Bible and push it from your right hand against across your left arm. He goes, now what does that mean? Nobody knew. Well, that means that when your arm's hurting later on, you'll remember, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. <laughs> wow. And you know, there are some people who will look at the Bible, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing them because this is their true faith. They truly, truly, truly believe that if there is something written in the Bible that they would take literally, that maybe somebody else might take figuratively or whatever it might be, that this is the way that it's got to be and everybody has to follow the same thing. And there are things in the Bible that Paul would talk about, for instance, in Romans 14 being disputable matters. Now, there are people who will say, you can't be a Christian if you do X, Y, Z. Well, maybe somebody does QRS, but not X, Y, Z. But maybe somebody does... um, can I do this right? T-U-V and not W-X-Y or something. You know, it's just one of those things where there are different things that happen. And I am reminded of a time when there was a young lady who, when I was doing a revival, um, we were asked, the pastor asked me to go and visit with this family with him. And I believe this was a teenage girl. We went to the family and this was during the day and the revivals were at night And I was talking to her, and she had not given her life to Christ. And part of my discussion was, well, why are you not giving your life to Christ? Because I could kind of tell she was really sensitive and really close to wanting to do this. But she says, well, I'm afraid that if I become a Christian, I'm going to have to give up my music. Now, Mick, I know that from your background, you used to get into other music that wasn't necessarily Christian in nature. And I know, and this is probably 25, 30 years ago when this happened to me, um, probably closer to 25, I know that there was a lot of bad music out there, music with bad messages, things like that. And this was a teenager. Okay, you know, I'm Mr. Evangelist, you know, okay, yeah. Well, what kind of music are you talking about? And she's afraid she's going to have to give up her music. She says, well, I play the clarinet. Play the clarinet. Now, Mick, you kind of chuckled at that one. Had you ever heard of anybody saying you couldn't be a Christian if you play the clarinet? Well, it's kind of hard to sing through a clarinet, so I'm not sure what bad <laughs> language or message can come through a clarinet. Right. Now, I do know that uh, that there are some denominations who will not believe in musical instruments. Maybe she had some some background with that. I don't know. But bottom line was I told her, listen, you give your life to Christ and let him deal with your music. And praise the Lord later that day or the next day or whatever, she did pray to receive Christ. So, you know, that, that's great. But the point is that there are people who will have all kinds of rules to say that in order to be a Christian, you have to do this, 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 and this. And I, I don't believe that that's necessarily what it means when, when we say that. And what happens is that there are people who have their, quote, itching ears 
who want to surround themselves with teachers who will agree with those things. And in the end, I believe that what we call legalism, meaning you have to follow these things. When I say legalism, it's kind of hard to define, but it's like you have to follow this rule, this law, this way of doing things. Otherwise, you can't be a Christian. Well, it's more like looking at it like religious rules Mm -hmm. rather than scriptural ones, you know, that you have to follow like you were saying. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's where that's where legalism can get into the into the picture. And there are going to be people who will say that I'm only going to uh, allow myself to listen to pastors, to listen to teachers, to surround myself with people who believe these things the way that I believe them so that my itching ears will be uh, comforted. I don't want to hear anything else. Now, I think we're just a little bit short of time of having to take our break, but I'm going to do it right now because it's a good breaking spot. So let's hear from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Reconciling Grace. And we're back with Reconciling Grace. We are talking about legalism, license, and liberty. And we just talked a little bit about legalism as it pertains to people surrounding themselves with teachers and preachers who say what they want them to be able to say so that their itching ears will be happy. That's scriptural about the itching ears. And so there are going to be people who are going to say, you can only be a Christian if you do things exactly the right way, and we want to surround ourselves with teachers and preachers who will say this. Now, on the other end of legalism is license. License means basically doing whatever you want, whenever you want. And some people will look at a scripture such as Galatians 2.19 to explain why they should be able to do whatever they want. And, and Vicki, would you read Galatians 2.19, please? For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. And right there, that's an interesting passage. Now, I just want to let our listeners know I'm not going to leave it there for long. Uh, surrounding passages, uh, surrounding scripture actually helps clarify that. We're going to get to that in just a few moments. But I just want to point out that there are some people who will look at it and say, well, the Bible says I died to the law. I don't have to follow what the law says anymore. I don't have to follow what's in the Old Testament. Um, I'm remembering a movie that I saw probably back when I was a teenager, maybe maybe a little older than a teenager, maybe early 20s. But um, there was a movie scene, I should say. I don't even know if I saw the whole movie, but the movie scene was um, showing a person who in the movie played a prostitute. And this prostitute claimed to have a Christian faith. And one of the characters in the movie asked this character, well, how can you do what you're doing and call yourself a Christian? And she said something along the lines of, well, I know that I'm a Christian and that Jesus forgives me. And that was basically, okay, I can go out and be a prostitute and and Jesus forgives me. Now, I know that this happens maybe not so much with prostitution. I hope that there are not a lot of people who are uh, into prostitution right now, but there are a lot of people who are into all kinds of other um, vices, if you want to call them. Some of them may be sexual in nature. Some of them may not be sexual in nature. But basically they say, well, I'm a Christian. I'm forgiven. That means that 
Um, no matter what I do, it's all okay. And I'm going to just live any old way I want. Now, has anybody ever heard that kind of thing going on? I have. Uh, my immediate thought is that there's a sin there that's not in the physical act of prostitution. It, to me, it's a sin of presumption or premeditated sin. It's presuming upon the grace of God, which, you know, it would be hard, a hard sell for me to believe that somebody being led of the Holy Spirit who indwells them if they are a Christian would say, God, I don't care what you think or say at this moment, I'm going to go do this because I want it. And it's clearly not something in accordance with the will of God. Mm-hmm. Or the Word of God. It's yeah. been taken completely out of context if we think we can just go out because we've been forgiven and go out and just live sinfully like that doesn't matter. It's not scripturally true. Right. And there's a, a scripture um, that I was thinking about, 1 Corinthians 6.12, to go along with this license, thinking that you can just do whatever you want. Uh, The Scripture says, everything is permissible for me. In other words, I can do whatever I want, right? So everything is permissible for me, but not all things are beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be enslaved or mastered by anything. In other words, I won't be brought under its power or allowing it to control me. And that's where people get into trouble when they're living by license, thinking that I can go ahead and, and live this way, like the example you give, that's, you know, you're enslaved. You know, sin is, uh, uh, you're a slave to sin, the Bible says. Mm-hmm. You know, you keep doing that. We've been set free from sin. We don't have to live in it any longer. So if we want to participate in things that we think we can just do whatever we want and go out and live in sin, then that is ruling our lives and controlling our lives. And we've been set free. We don't have to live that way. Yet the same scripture does say, and I'm not disagreeing, I'm going to get to this in a little bit, mm-hmm. that um, I died to the law. And I believe that that is true, and, and I'm going to get into that context here in a little bit. Um, but what I want to talk about now is I want to move from license, meaning meaning doing whatever I want, whenever I want, to liberty. Now, liberty means what? Freedom. You know, it means freedom. And Here's the scripture, Mick, I'd like, I'd like to ask you to read from Galatians 5.1. And I have a couple I'd like to share after this. Okay. It's okay, Pete. Mm-hmm. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And the verses I'd like to share with you speak to the resp- our responsibility in the use of our freedom. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 16 says, Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Mm-hmm. Live as God's slaves. And then Galatians chapter 5 verses 13 and 14 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Mm-hmm. That's right. And this is, those go right along with what, what we're talking about, Mick, so those are very pertinent scriptures. Um, when it comes to freedom, when it comes to liberty, we are free. You, you, the, the scriptures you added showed us that. Now, the problem is that as human beings, what we tend to do is we want to try to attain holiness, to attain God, to attain perfection on our own. Now, I'm talking about the person who has not yet trusted in Christ. Mm-hmm. 
That is what we want to be self-sufficient. And I believe that's one of Satan's biggest lies is that we can do this apart from God. And basically what happens is on one hand, we can, after we're saved, after we have given our lives to Christ, on one hand, we can get so trapped in the idea of wanting to follow the right thing, to follow God's written word, to follow the right rules, to follow the right uh, path, that we can get trapped in legalism. On the other hand, you can go to the other end of the spectrum, and you can see people who have given their life to Christ and say, well, I can do whatever I want now. And you know, here, here's the problem is, every single person who is a Christian is in a different point of spiritual development. You know, that, that's the beauty of, of the body of Christ, is there are none of us who are exactly in the same place. And so I don't want to go so far as to saying that the person who is too legalistic isn't a Christian, or the person who is maybe being too much on the side of license isn't a Christian, because we all struggle. We all have these problems with, um, with knowing exactly how we're going to grow. If we were perfect, there'd be no problems in the world. Every single church would be perfect. We'd probably just have one big church and one big happy family. And, and maybe in heaven, it's going to be that way, you know? But we, we see now, as Paul said, as through a glass dimly, then we shall see, or we shall be fully known. We shall see face to face. And the, the thing is, there's a difference between license and liberty. I think it was Chuck Swindoll wrote, I believe it was, it was in his book, The Grace Awakening, that says this, and, I, and I've been struck by this a long time, and I'm paraphrasing. He says that as preachers, as Christians, if we preach grace properly, we are going to run the risk of people misinterpreting what we say, and I want to stress that word, misinterpreting what we say as being in favor of license. Now, we need to preach grace, but that doesn't mean we preach license. And this is why I want to get back to that uh, passage in Galatians 2, 19, Vicki, um, but this time I want you to add verse 20 to it. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So you see, what that tells me right there is, if we stop with, I died to the law, we've missed part of it. Because what we need to do is, it says right there in verse 19, which you already read before, is, so that I can live for God, and then verse 20 goes on to say, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. In other words, I have put myself to death, spiritually speaking. I'm not mm -hmm. talking physically, right. but I have put my own will to death. I am living for God through Jesus Christ. And what I'm wanting to do there is I want to submit myself to God, so I am not bound by all the regulations of the Old Testament law. Like, I mean, some of the regulations in the law include not putting two different kinds of seeds in in the field, um, not not putting together two different types of material for clothing. There are things like that. I am not bound by those things. But I do want to interject there that those things were not God of what He spoke of the law. Those were there was a lot of rules. I think over six hundred of them that was added. Uh, 
that the religious leaders added to the law, and that's where those kind of things come in, that they made a bunch of religious rules uh, out of the law that was not there. But some of those were actually in the in the Old Testament. If you look in Exodus or and in Leviticus and in Deuteronomy, there were things almost specifically what I was talking about, about don't plant two different types of, of um, seed in the field. That was actually one of the written rules, written laws in, in the Old Testament. But I don't, I don't want to get too far afield there. A field, we just talked about seeds in a field. That wasn't, that wasn't necessarily uh, an intentional pun, but that was worthy of one of my puns, one of my dad jokes. But anyway, um, the point is that when we're set free from the law, we are given liberty, but not license. License is doing whatever I want. That's akin to an illustration that Jesus gave in Matthew 12, 43 and 45. And I'm just going to read this scripture myself. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there, and the final condition of that person is worse than the first. Now, what does this have to do with license and legalism and liberty? It's just this. If I pray to ask God to take away my sin, which I have done, I hope all of us have done that, I hope everybody out there who is listening to us has done that, that is great. God can take that sin out of your heart, but then what? We can't just leave it open, because if we do, it's going to come back and be filled with things that are not of God. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill that place that has been cleaned of sin, that has been cleansed of sin. And it's through that Holy Spirit living within us that we can then say, I died to the law, but I died to self as well. And so I can follow God through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit who lives within me. Mm-hmm. And it's the Holy Spirit who's going to lead us on things such as Romans 14, talking about, talking about those disputable matters. You know, the Bible tells us in Romans 14 that We shouldn't pass judgment on one another because of those things, because we are each answerable to God. There are things that a legalist might say, you cannot do this, when another person might say, well, what's wrong with doing this? You know, I I guess one of the illustrations I I used to use one time, a long, long time ago, I guess, um, I said, imagine that somebody who has been a Las Vegas Um, blackjack dealer who has a drinking and drug problem who um, has been married twice has kids with both wives and is now living with another person and does not have a marriage certificate but has a child with that person goes out and finds the Lord isn't that great and what happens Okay, immediately there are going to be legalists who are going to say, you have to quit your job, you have to go back and marry your first wife, you have to do this, you have to do that. And guess what? It might not be all that cut and dried. Why? Because we live in a world that is infected and affected by sin. And there's so much more I could keep on saying about this, but we're getting towards the end of our time here. And I just want to end it with this thought. 
is this. Liberty comes when I die to self, as the scripture says, crucified with Christ and live for God. There may be people who think things differently. There may be people who understand things differently. Even Christians may see things in different ways than any of the three of us do. And I bet you that if we dug into it enough, all three of us might see certain things in different ways as well. But the point is, we all want to live for Jesus Christ, and that's what we need to do. And with that, we are just about out of time for today's episode. I hope that uh, you have been edified by listening to this program today. So for Vicki Cundiff, for Mick Wells, this is Pete Vecchi, and I want to thank you for joining us today for another episode of Reconciling Grace. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Grace.